I want to welcome you back to our uh, Wednesday night Bible study. It's been a few weeks uh, since we haven't had it, and I appreciate all those that have been patient with understanding. Between the weather and just different things going on, we had to take a pause, and now we're back. Uh, we're starting a new series, Christ in the Old Testament. And um, this is uh, based off a pamphlet that Rose Publishing, if you ever want to know about different things in the Bible, Rose Publishing, R-O-S-E, um, is a really good resource on different things in the Bible. They have these little pamphlets uh, you can buy uh, at Mardell's or you can uh, get them electronically and they're inexpensive and they're really good uh, things. And so this is one of their pamphlets on Christ in the Old Testament. And we'll put a link there in our resources on how if you wanted to, again, we don't care if you purchase it or not, but if you want to follow along or look at it a little bit deeper, then uh, you can do that. But with Easter within six or less weeks, um, and this is going to be a 13-week study, we need to understand uh, as we head towards that, that Christ has been in the Bible all along. And so uh, we're going to be able to see that in the Old Testament, because a lot of times we discount the Old Testament. So we'll start that in a minute. Um, Here's a few announcements and things. Uh, You know, remember we have a a Grand Oaks mission that's open on Wednesdays from... uh, uh, um, nine until noon and people can get help with food and clothing or if you want to donate or if you want to come and help uh, those things are happening also if, if it's a time that the mission is not open anytime you call the church please leave a message and we'll get back to you and if we can help in any way we'll try to do that um, we have online giving and we also have a, a secure p.o box or we also can get uh, give in person we have one service uh, uh, a week, and, and that is on Sundays at 10:20 in our gym. And we try to practice uh, social distancing. And so far, it's worked really well. We're just trying to ease back into things to make sure everybody's safe as people, more people get vaccinated and people have had it. That we just want to continue to make it safe. We've got a Thursday night uh, women's Bible study that starts tomorrow night at six, and they'll be doing Elijah, and uh, everyone's welcome to come. Again, they practice social distancing, and we try to keep everybody safe. During that time, if the Bible study is not for you, uh, we'll be having a time of corporate prayer out in the gym area. Again, enough space. And this is definitely a time where we need to be in prayer. And so these are things that are happening. Our youth meet on Wednesday nights at 7 in the gym and practice, again, social distancing. And so we're trying to do small groups and, and keep them spread out. Uh, men's Bible studies on Tuesday mornings at 8.30. Uh, All this is on our website at basschapel.church. There's a calendar there. It'll show you those things that are going on, the resources that I mentioned. If you miss the services or can't can't come or Wednesday nights, they're all archived, and there's about three different formats for you to be able to access things, these things. You can do them through Facebook. You can do them through YouTube. Or if you're like me, I listen to podcasts in the car, you can listen to this on a podcast. And it's all connected there at BassChapel.Church. And I encourage you, if you're a part of our church family, uh, that you know you share these things. It's a way to get the gospel out there, and especially in these times. And, and again, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact us through calling or email or any, anything. Make sure you leave a message, and, and we will get back to you. Let's open in a time of prayer. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for how you kept us safe. And I pray you continue to help us to to see you, to see you in everything and to reflect you. And, and I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. 
We're really excited about this new study, and, and again, like we mentioned, if you if you want to get this pamphlet, there's a way to get it either physically or electronically. If you want to follow along, again, you don't have to. But as we head towards Easter, we're, uh, we need to really see, a lot of times people separate the Old Testament and the New Testament, and they don't see that Christ has been there from Genesis all the way through to Revelation. And so what we're going to do in the study, this is Christ in the Old Testament, Christ is the key to what God was pointing to in all of the history of God's people. And so one way to see this is to examine parables, uh, parallel, parallels from the Old Testament with the New Testament of the life of Jesus. And so we're going to look at some people in the Old Testament and see how they're connected to Christ Excuse me. in the New Testament. We find some of these parables in Romans 5, and Paul writes, that sin entered in, in Romans 5:12. Uh, that sin entered into the world, and we see this here in Romans 5:12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sin through one man, Adam, death and sin entered, and we're seeing the parallel through another man, Christ. That is ended, and, and victory can be won. The Bible's full of these kind of parables, these types, and the study of types, like this is a type of bird, or this is a type of dog, or whatever, is called typology. And so that's what we're going to be looking at in this study over the next few weeks, is the comparisons of people in the Old Testament as a type of Christ or connected to Christ. And there's only one Christ, but you have these typologies, or the fact of their life is pointing to Christ. And so the reason we start with Adam, and you can go back and look at Genesis 2, and through three uh, chapters three, is Adam was the first human God created. His his disobedience of God's commandments introduced sin and death to humanity, and all creation became corrupted by sin. We need to understand that. The reason we struggle this is why I go back and for your homework and read Genesis two and three. The curse. The reason everything's harder. The reason we have death and pain and childbirth and all these things is because of Adam's sin. And Adam's choice. And so Adam uh, is the first person in this creation. And in his resurrection, 1 Corinthians 13, verses 15 and 23, talks about that Jesus is the first fruit of the new creation, of the resurrection. So we see that parallel there. Adam was called the Son of God in Luke uh, 3:38, And Christ is the Son of God in John 1, 14. Adam is the administrator or ruler. Uh, Genesis 1.28 talks about that God created everything and that, and that man was to subdue it. And so this is what we're dealing with today. We are to be, we are to be stewards of all of creation. We, we can come along with environmentalists and those that want to take care of the environment because this is all we do have, these resources, and we need to be good stewards. But the problem is, is when we, you see in uh, Romans chapter 1, is when we worship the creation over the creator. Everything here was created for man to use, but we should be good stewards of it. And so this is what Genesis 128 is. He's telling man, he's telling Adam, you're over all this. And we see Christ is God's anointed, uh, is anointed to be king, to be over all of creation. And so we see that parallel. Adam is the head of the race that we see, you know. He is the start. Uh, he is the first fruit. And Christ is the head of the new creation. And we, and we see that in Romans. 
His actions brought consequences to his children, causing them to inherit sin and death. Adam's, Adam's actions brought consequences, and this is something we kind of ignore a lot, that, oh, there's not consequences. And we see this in Genesis 3, uh, verses 16 through 19. Like I mentioned, now it's going to be harder for man to get food. He was in the garden. He just had to pick the food, you know, that kind of thing. Everything uh, grew in a great temperature. Everything was watered. It was awesome. And when sin entered in, now he would have to work by the sweat of his brow. There would be the pain of childbirth. Death would enter in. Everything was harder. And these are the consequences. And it went on to his children, and it has gone on to us. And so, but in Christ, his actions brought consequences to God's children, causing them to inherit righteousness and life. Isn't that awesome? Adam, we're inheriting sin and death. But Christ, we are now made right when we accept Christ. And we now have eternal life, abundant life in Christ. We're going to live forever. The question is where. And if you stay where Adam was and what he caused, then you'll be in hell, separated from God in torment. Those are Christ's words. Look at the parables that Christ said. Most of them he mentions hell, and he mentions that there's going to be a finality, and the times to make the decisions are now. But the parallel to Christ is when you accept him, realize you can't save yourself, let him come into your life, follow him as Lord, then you inherit, you're made right, because God sees Christ's righteousness and not yours, which is his filthy rags, you know, and then you inherit real abundant life. Um, you can you can see this in uh, Romans uh, Romans chapter five, and we see it in First Corinthians again, uh, uh, more in depth. Um, and so these things we see. Um, Adam, jo- another parallel is Adam joined Eve and rebelled against God. You know, she, you know, they're hiding from God, but before that. The serpent, Satan, tempts Eve. Adam is standing right there, and he's the spiritual head of the home, and he totally gives in. He's just as much as guilty. And when we don't do what God wants us to do, and he only asks them to do a couple things, and it was for their own good, then we're rebelling against God. And so Adam joined Eve in rebelling against God. We see that in Genesis chapter 3. Christ redeemed his bride, which is the church. The church is biblical. We're not talking about a building. We are talking about all those that have received Christ as Savior, follow him as Lord, are now the church. And And they're the bride. And Christ is the bridegroom. And he's coming back for his bride someday. And Christ redeemed his bride, the church, by obeying God. He obeyed in all ways, the Bible says, and he did not sin. And so while Adam and Eve rebelled, Christ redeemed. Adam's shame required that death of an animal to, to cover it. We see this in, in uh, Genesis. This is the first sacrifice in Genesis 3.21. The Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skins and clothing. They weren't going to have to worry about the Missouri weather 
My goodness, I went hiking yesterday in 70 degrees. And a week earlier, I'm trying to keep my pipes from freezing. <laughs> okay? Do you realize we would have had none of that if Adam and Eve hadn't chose to rebel against God? And so they didn't have any clothes because they were innocent. They didn't have a sin nature. They didn't know. And it was okay. But when they sinned, their eyes were open. And then Christ had to, I mean, God had to kill an animal to provide them clothing. So that is the first sacrifice, the first death that we see in creation. So Adam's shame required the death of an animal to cover it. Christ was shamed and stripped and slain to cover our shame. We see that clearly. I, I encourage you to go back and look at Matthew 27, verses 27 through 35, that he was beaten, he was mocked, he was scourged, he, was, he took on our shame. Every time we head towards Easter, I see how sinful I am and how much Christ gave for it. Not that I'm sinning more, but just the, the depth of my sin and the depth of His commitment to be shamed and stripped and slain to cover my shame. As Adam, instead of closeness with God, we experience isolation and loneliness. Think about it. They walked with God in the garden. That's Jesus. Jesus, again, in every part of the Old Testament, every part of the New Testament. And then they, after they sin, they go hiding. And the normal walk that they had with Jesus every day, he's like, where are you at? He knew where they were. He knows exactly where you are. So if you think you're fooling anybody, the only person you're fooling is yourself. You can fool people, but you're not fooling God. And... The way Satan works is he he wants to isolate you. And this is why this COVID, you need to start praying. Again, I say this clearly every time. If you have, I talked to someone the other day that they have health issues. I don't want them at church to get sick. So that that's a very valid thing. But I think there's a percentage of people that have just gotten comfortable not being around God's people. You need to ask God squarely, am I isolating to protect myself, which is valid, or am I isolating because I've gotten comfortable with not being around God's people? Because you know what? That's how Satan works. He isolates. He gets you alone. You need accountability. You need God's people, because the scripture says, do not forsake the assembly of yourselves together, even more as you see the day approaching. Obviously, the day's approaching because we're having more wars, we're having more famines, we're having more sickness. This is how Satan works. And so, instead of Adam and Eve being uh, close to God, they experience isolation and loneliness. Instead of love and care for each other, we experience violence and hatred. This is all them trying to do it their own way. Through Christ, though, redemptive action, we can experience true life, a close relationship with God, and His love and care for for others. I think we want to go with Christ, obviously. So here's some question here's a question or a few questions I have for you today. Because of Adam's sin, the good uh, the good world God made became corrupt. How does Christ fix what Adam broke? How does Christ fix what what Adam broke? 
and we see in Romans 5 verses 15 through 19 that he gave himself as a perfect sacrifice and so yes you can still live your life and go to hell but one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and if you have watched this you know that you have heard and you can't say that you haven't heard you there is a way through this and it started in the Old Testament with Christ walking in the garden with the curse and at the same time in chapter 3 where the curse enters the prophecy of Christ coming and defeating Satan and so how does Christ fix what Adam broke by giving his life for you and for me by dying and raising from the dead according to 1 Corinthians and that is how he does it Adam is the first example we look at as a type it shows clearly um, these traits that entered in and there's big differences between Adam and Christ they're opposites of one another not that Adam was like Christ rather some features parallel Christ's life and ministry some are positive and others are negative but what we need to understand Christ is the key in all of that well, again, uh, I encourage you, uh, we can take this time and uh, get this uh, resource and it, it'll be on our website or you can go physically and get it. If you don't want to get it, fine. These shirts are great to have on hand. They're great to give to people and stuff like that. But be, start being in prayer as we head towards Easter that, Christ, I see you in everything. I see more depth of you in everything. What Adam wasn't, Christ was. That's a great way to summarize it. Let's pray. Lord, I pray, help us to look at our hearts and to realize without you we're being Adam and because of Adam, sin has entered the world. That you provide a solution. I pray you help us to receive you as Savior, to lean into the power of the Holy Spirit, to live in holiness. I pray you bless everyone in your name, Jesus. Amen.